यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट हाई वाई नॉट मिंट मनी इज अ डेली पॉडकास्ट ऑन पर्सनल फाइनेंस दैट हेल्प यू गेट स्मार्ट अबाउट मैनेजिंग मनी वी हेल्प यू अंडरस्टैंड बेसिक मनी कॉन्सेप्ट टू कीप यू फ्रॉम मेकिंग बैड मनी मिस्टेक्स वाई नॉट मिंट मनी इज योर वन स्टॉप सोल्यूशन टू मनी मैटर्स सो लेट्स गेट स्टार्टेड वेलकम टू योर मनी जर्नी Hi this is Namrata Patel from Mint's personal finance team and in this episode of Why Not Mint Money we are going to talk about various factors that impact an investor's mindset during a bull market and what investors should do to make the most of such market conditions Earlier this month we discussed decision paralysis and how investors can overcome it to make sound investment decisions To continue our series on behavioral biases We have with us today Arun Kumar, head of research at Funds India, bringing his extensive experience in investing and research. Arun maintains a blog called the 8020 Investor, where he writes about investment biases and gives great insights into various behavioral aspects that impact investors. Today, Arun will be giving us some insights on how investors can behave in markets as of today. Hi Namrata, thank you so much for uh, having me on the show. Thank you for joining us today Arun. I was reading a few of your blog posts and the stories and anecdotes you shared while talking about investor biases piqued my interest. So coming straight to the point, when it comes to market conditions like the one today, what are the various factors that impact the mindset of investors? So broadly at the current juncture uh, we are seeing uh, three different uh, behavioral patterns for our for, for most of the uh, investors. So the first group is is a set of investors who have actually sold during the last year's fall but they're unfortunately not able to enter back because the 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 rally was also very sharp and and at all points in time there was a disconnect with the economy or at least that's how the narrative went and they somehow not been able to get back in and then there's the uh, within the same group there's a second subset uh, where they actually uh, did not sell during the fall but however when the market started to recover uh, they started to redeem and this is also getting reflected in the mutual fund uh, uh, flows data where almost from july of last year till feb of this year you've seen consistent 8 months of outflow so most of these investors have started had redeemed a lot of their uh, uh, equity investments because they were scared that what if there is one more crash happening so this is the second set of investors and then the third set of uh, uh, investors is within the same group is the investors who have had excess money because obviously they were not able to spend as much due to the lockdowns and and all these three Uh, sets of investors have the same problem that they're not able to deploy it back because the constant fear that they have is that what if i deploy my money and the market starts to crash so most of them are currently in a state where uh, they are just waiting for markets to fall but 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 uh, but it it's not happening and they are confused as to what to do so this is one uh, behavioral pattern that we're seeing the second pattern that we're noticing is that there's also this uh, the other uh, completely opposite uh, group which has had a fairly superb experience in the last 1 to 2 years where they have not uh, moved out of equity they just stayed put and they've had phenomenal returns and in this case it's slightly different that now they want to go a little more aggressive because one your debt funds and your fd returns are very very low so now these set of investors are actually questioning saying that do we really need to have uh, 
FDs or uh, uh, debt exposure at all, and can we or can we increase our equity allocation more? So this is a, a slightly contradictory uh, uh, set of investors compared to the first group, and then the third group is the more a disciplined group which 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 follows a, a particular asset allocation mix, and then they continue to. Uh, uh, rebalance it back to their original allocation. These are mostly the experienced, uh, uh, disciplined set of investors. So this is how we are seeing uh, the patterns play out in the current market. And for all these three categories of investors, what are the common behavioral biases that are being noticed? Yeah. So if you broadly look at the the first category of investors, the biggest worry for them is that what if the markets start to crash? Now, what is really affecting them is there are two uh, uh, sets of behavioral biases that are in play and uh, for for this set of investors. So, one is what we call the authority bias. What this bias essentially says is that uh, subconsciously, most of us have a natural tendency to be more influenced by the opinion of some authority. Now, this authority can come in form of Either experience or reputation, or it can it can simply be a title, and it it also makes a lot of sense because let's say uh, during COVID, uh, which which happened like which which continues to happen, it's very difficult for all of us to go uh, analyze and then figure out what is really happening. So basically, we tend to listen to uh, uh, some uh, experts in the form of medical uh, scientists or maybe doctors, and we listen to whatever they say, and then we go ahead and then take all the precautions necessary. So in most areas of life, this works out really well. And and right from childhood, if you look at it, there is a lot of authority involved, right? We listen to our parents, we listen to our teachers, we and once we uh, we listen to our, uh, our grandparents, we listen to our elders, and then once we are on to our job, we listen to our bosses. So net net, this whole uh, uh, obedience to authority is something that that comes along from childhood. So there's that. A strong intuitive feel to accept what authorities say to be right. Now, while this works well as a shortcut for most of the fields, because obviously for us to experiment each and every time and figure out what is the right thing will be very time-consuming and it'll take a lot of effort. So it's a good shortcut. But unfortunately, in investing, it it uh, it it backfires big time because you will always find that in all markets there are always a group of investors who will come and scare you, saying that hey. There is a there is a bubble. This is a bubble, and there is going to be a large crash which crash which is going to follow this, and hence you take the money out of market now because these warnings are very very scary. They also keep getting a lot of attention, so they're they're out there in the newspapers, they're out there in the media, so they're almost everywhere. And given the social media's uh, influence, this becomes very very scary. So this is the first thing that uh, we need to be aware of. That there will always be somebody scaring us out. But if you really take a step back and ask a simple question, that uh, can I name five people who have consistently uh, come out of the market before a market crash and then entered back at the right time? And most importantly, has anybody done this consistently over the last ten uh, uh, years, fifteen years, twenty years? You will find that the answer is almost zilch. There is hardly anybody who has been able to do it. But the the number of predictions that happen is only increasing day by day. So the first uh, idea is not to get too scared by uh, what these predictions say, and just to go and look at what is the been the past prediction track record. And for most of them, it it goes like almost every year they make a prediction. One point in time they get it right, and they become really famous after that. But again, they continue the same routine uh, year after year. So we've also written a recent post uh, with regards to all these uh, false predictions that have happened. 
so that is something that probably you your readers can also go and check so this is broadly the first uh, uh, bias which leads to a lot of uh, problems the second bias is what i would call the all time high bias or or the anchoring bias so basically what happens is that every time market hits the all time high there is this natural intuition that hey maybe the market is going to fall now now if you really think through it any any asset class that grows will eventually have to hit an all time high at different points in time because let's say if somebody is entering equities and let's say you you expect it to uh, grow over a long period of time eventually the sensex which is at 55000 levels today at some point in time in the future will become 1 lakh and at some point name in the future will become 2 lakhs because as the asset grows over a long period of time because the sensex from 100 is is currently at let's say 55000 and eventually it will keep going up so which means that if my sensex at 55000 has to go to 1 lakh and has to go to 2 lakh has to go to 4 lakh some point in time in the future net net it essentially means that there'll be a lot of all time highs which the markets will eventually have to cross so 42000 was probably the all time high uh uh last year but after that it went to 43000 44000 45 so at each and every level the the intuition was that it will fall but right now it is close to 55000 right so which means that all the all time highs have been crossed without too much of a uh, fall right so so the whole point is that while while there's there's this natural fear about all time highs uh, we think that there's there's nothing to really worry about it it's a very natural phenomena which happens to any growing asset class so be it real estate or even a simple debt fund will have to hit an all time high almost on a day to day basis so uh, and we have also done some analysis around it and we have tested all the all time highs and we uh, we figured out what is the one year average return every time uh, uh, after you hit an all time high for nifty 50 tr so when we tested this for the last uh, 21 plus years with the average one year return was close to around 13% and the and the best part was that almost 50% of the times you made a return of more than 50% and almost like 60% of the times your one year returns were more than 12% so basically there is nothing uh, uh, to really worry in terms of an all time high Uh, the the real worry factor will have to be on the other parameters like valuation earnings growth and sentiments but not on all time high as a particular indicator for a market fall right so that's the second uh, uh, thing that we need to be aware of so overall you need to be aware of both the all time highs and uh, the expert predictions you need to make sure that you're not getting too swayed by both of these the now we move on to the second category which is basically that there is this uh, excessive temptation to take higher risk now here there are three things which uh, come into play one uh, is is envy that you see your friends making a lot of money and you want to go a lot more aggressive the second one is is the greed or probably the fear of missing out that money making has become easy now you start thinking saying that hey i invested so much and then i made Uh, x amount of uh, return what if i invest far more money i can make probably uh, x to the power, x into two times the return so why not i invest more so suddenly greed starts to play and you are like why not uh, why should i have debt let me move everything to equity then the third part is as and as more and more uh, uh, returns accumulate in your portfolio you also start to become a lot more over confident saying that i know how to make money in the markets and nothing will go wrong with my portfolio so there's there's more and more a tendency to uh, start neglecting any negatives that can possibly happen so a combination of envy greed and overconfidence 
is a very deadly combination and this can probably lead you to take far higher uh, risks as far as your overall equity allocation goes so these are broadly the 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 two uh, uh, common sets of behavioral uh, biases that we are noticing so according to you envy and fear drive investors decision making which are harmful so what can investors do to overcome the authority bias and the anchoring bias uh, a good way to approach this whole issue is that you we need to understand that at all points in time there is a temptation to reduce your equity allocation because of both the authority bias and the the anchoring bias and also at the same time there might be the temptation to aggressively increase your equity allocation because of either envy uh, greed or overconfidence uh, pulling you on the other side so the way to strike a good balance is the, the starting point has to be the simple fact that uh, over the long run the returns are made despite uh, a market correction happening in between so most of us think that we will completely need completely have to avoid a bear market in order to make good returns over the long run but if you really look at any any uh, a long term data of let's say the indian markets or the us markets you will see that the long term returns are made despite the market correction so despite several 50% corrections that these markets go through you end up with a very very reasonable outcome so which essentially means the route that the market takes is usually two steps forward one step back then again two steps forward one step back this is a rough way to think through it now the point is all of us want to avoid that one step back and we want only the two steps forward but that's not the way it works because one it's very very difficult to precisely predict when the market fall will happen how long it will go and how steep it will go so once we start accepting the fact that that one step back or the temporary market correction is a fees to be paid to get the long term return then life becomes a lot more easier because what history tells us in terms of these market corrections is that a 10 to 20% correction is almost like a given like it almost happens every year uh, but it's a it's a temporary correction and once every 7 to 10 years we have seen that these 10 to 20 corrections become a little more steeper and probably can go to a a level of close to around 30 to 60% so the the basic starting point should be that you start with an equity allocation and you add debt allocation in a in a level where you can manage this 10 to 20% volatility every year and that 30 to 60% hit which all of us will have to compulsorily take maybe once every 7 to 10 years if you take history as a rough guide now based on this you can say hey this 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 seems very very uh, uh, high to me and hence let me only use 50% equity allocation so which means that i will only capture 50% of these uh, uh, rough ranges that we looked at or let's say you want to capture even further uh, lower volatility you can make it 30% equity or you can also say i i might want more uh, volatility and i take 70% uh, equity allocation net net the trade off is that the higher the volatility you can uh, tolerate the higher is the long longer return potential that you also have in your portfolio so this will form the basis of uh, your asset allocation decision now once your asset allocation is in place then it becomes easier to measure uh, both fear and greed right because one let's say if i am a 50% equity allocation now because of last one year's rally my portfolio would probably be at 60% equity allocation and 40% debt now my decision making becomes simpler because while greed might want me to make it 70% and while fear might want me to make it to 30% or let's say 
I know that the best part is to bring it back to 50%, which is where I originally started with. And that's my original uh, uh, risk that I wanted in my portfolio. So in a way, I'm able to cut my risk to a small extent. And at the same time, I'm not overdoing it. The same thing works on the, the reverse as well. So I think once you get the asset allocation in place, a very simple uh, rule of rebalancing it back to the original allocation whenever there's a plus or minus uh, 5% deviation from your original equity allocation, that can be a very, very good start in order to address all these biases because these biases will naturally play. It's very difficult to uh, avoid these biases. But the point is every time this bias either pulls you up to increase your uh, allocation, equity allocation, or pulls you down to uh, force you to reduce your equity allocation, you can keep your asset allocation as your starting point and ensure that you are you are still at the midpoint or the original uh, equity allocation that you've decided. Plus or minus 5% is a fairly decent. And you can keep checking this maybe once every uh, six months or, or every year. And this should this is called rebalancing. But broadly, this should be a good way to ensure that uh, you are not getting too swayed by these uh, behavioral biases. So according to you, the reality is that investors must not try and avoid a bear market or a downward cycle, but simply look at their investment journey as two steps forward and one step backward and remain patient instead of being driven by fear and greed. Further, investors should focus on asset allocation, being patient and not being driven by the fear of missing out. Yeah, perfect. That'll that'll precisely uh, summarize what uh, I wanted to convey. Thank you, Arun, for your insights. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Thanks, Namrata. Thank you so much for having me on the show. That's all from today's episode of Why Not Mint Money. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening in. We're also available on LiveMint.com. And if you're old school, then do pick up a copy of Mint for some insightful coverage. If you have any questions you want us to address, do reach us out at HT Smartcast. We are present on Twitter, Facebook and Insta. And if you want to connect over email, write in to us at mintmoney at livemint.com. Until next time, it's bye-bye. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.